This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, Joe Beningo, back with you again. A little uh, extra Ode of Pain podcast here for uh, Friday, August the 5th, uh, 2022. And uh, the reason that we're giving you a little extra time here is because the word is out. The cat is out of the bag. Uh, just a few minutes ago, was on WFAN with uh, my old partner, Evan Roberts, and, of course, his new partner, Craig Carton, uh, announcing the fact that I will be uh, going back to WFAN on a part-time basis. Uh, I will be working uh, on Saturdays with Evan. So uh, Joe and Evan will be back together again on uh, Saturdays. We're going to call them Football Saturdays. And uh, the first official Joe and Evan Saturday show will be coming up the day before the uh, Jet and Giant season openers when everybody really opens on uh, September 10th. So Saturday, September 10th, I will be back again uh, with uh, my old partner, Evan Roberts, and we'll be doing uh, all the Saturday shows from 10 to 2. Uh, I also will be doing some solo Saturdays. I believe the first Saturday solo I'm going to do is October 1st. And I'm also going to be uh, have a spot every Monday after every Jet game uh, on uh, Monday uh, on the uh, Brandon Tierney and Tiki Barber show, uh, which, of course, is my old spot, the old 10 to 2 spot. I'll be on with them to break down the uh, Jet game from the day before every Monday during the football season. I'm really looking forward to it. Can't wait to be working again with my old partner, Evan Roberts. I will be uh, on this coming week, uh, Thursday and Friday. I'll actually be filling in for Craig Carton coming up uh, this coming Thursday and Friday. I believe it's the 11th and the 12th. So I'll be on with Evan for a couple days filling in for Craig as a little uh, prelim, if you will, preview of what's to come on a regular uh, weekend Saturday basis starting on September 10th. So it's great to be back. I'll still be doing the Oda Payne podcast. So we'll still be doing the podcast every Monday and Friday. No change there. So we want you to keep uh, tuning in on Spotify, listening, and uh, enjoying all the stuff with that. And, uh, yeah, really looking forward to coming back. Like I said, really looking forward to the opportunity to work with my old partner once again. So we got football coming up. We got a, It's a great time with the Mets playing the kind of baseball that they're playing right now. And uh, September is going to be fun right on into October and all of that. So uh, it's a great time for sports with uh, both the uh, Mets and Yankees in first place in their division and, of course, the NFL right around the corner. So I will be back and uh, really looking forward to it. And again, thank everybody that's that supported the podcast and all of that. And we'll be back as again, I'll be filling in for Craig uh, this coming Thursday and Friday, whatever, 11 to 12. And then September 10th, every Saturday uh, on the fan back with Evan Roberts. So uh, really looking forward to it. Everybody have a, a, a great, a great weekend. And I'll be back with you guys again on Monday. All the love. And a very good Friday evening, everybody. It's Friday, August 5th. Joe Beningo with the O The Pain podcast. Again, Friday, August 5th, 2022. And uh, Joe Beningo's O The Pain podcast, of course, is brought to you by the Hackensack Brewing Company. By Anita Discount Tire and KZ Sports Marketing. What a night last night at City Field as the Mets 
in uh, game one of their fi- huge five-game series with the Atlanta Braves, and they come up with a 6-4 victory at City. Uh, just an electric atmosphere last night. The Mets now with a four-and-a-half game lead in the division, five-game lead uh, in the uh, in the loss column. And the one thing with the win last night, and you know how important this game was last night for the Mets, and you know how important Buck Showalter viewed this game because he did something that we haven't seen really ever, and that's go to a six-out save for Edwin Diaz. And we'll, we'll, we'll get to all that in a second, but – one thing this win does is it guarantees that no matter what happens with the next four games of this series, that the Mets will be in first place no matter what uh, at the end of the series, even if they were to lose the next four games uh, against Atlanta, which I just don't see happening. I, I tell you, let me say this first. This Met team is 67-38 and 38 right now. They're 29 games over 500. They mentioned, mentioned the four-and-a-half game lead in the division. Right now, and I don't know how this year is going to play out. I really don't. There's a lot of baseball yet to be played. There's no question about it. It's only August 5th. Uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen? You know, still have to secure winning this division. We all know what a crapshoot now it is in the baseball playoffs, especially when you got six teams making the playoffs in each league. You got to go through at least three rounds of playoffs, four, if you don't win your division. So it, it's a long, long gauntlet to win a championship, very similar to what we see in, in the National Hockey League very similar to what we see in the NBA. So, uh, you know, it, it's a long way to go. But I'll tell you right now, this Met team to me, this is the best Met team I've seen since the 86 team that won the championship. And I, I really don't think there's any doubt about it. You know, better than the team that went to the World Series in 2000 with Piazza and Ventura and, you know, all those guys, Al Leiter and all them, Franco, and better than the 2015 team that went to the World Series, you know, obviously with – with Cespedes and and DeGrom, and all those pitchers, you know, Harvey, DeGrom, Syndergaard, Mats, all those guys. I, I you know, David Wright. Uh, to me, this is a this is a much better team. I mean, this is a serious baseball team. They are loaded. And, you know, the moves that Billy Epler made at the deadline, everybody wanted that big splash move. Oh, you know, JV Martinez, you know, get get uh, uh, Contreras and and David Robertson from the Cubs. Unfortunately, Robertson, they probably still should have pursued instead of Michael Givens, who they got from the Cubs, who did not have a very good debut the other day in Washington when he turned a 9-0 lead into a, you know, you're being a little scared there in the ninth inning. And then he eventually won at 9-5. Lugo had to come in and close the game out on uh, Wednesday afternoon in Washington. But, you know, uh, you know, the big splashy move or Contreras from the Cubs or whatever, or, you know, even entertaining a deal for Juan Soto who winds up going to San Diego. But these moves that were made by Epler, I mean, you got to be thrilled. Tyler Naquin, how about this guy? He's been terrific since the Mets brought him in from Cincinnati. And what a game he had last night. His city field debut, two solo home runs in the game off Kyle Wright. Uh, yeah, tremendous night. For Tyler Naquin, how about Daniel Vogelback, who really has been terrific since the Mets got him. He's been an on-base machine, hit that big grand slam in Washington on Wednesday afternoon. He backs it up last night with his first home run at City Field, a back-to-back job with the great Pete Alonzo, and I'll, I'll get to Alonzo in a second. But these moves, tremendous. Now, we haven't even seen Darren Ruff yet, uh, who's going to be the, the right-handed DH. He's going to be a platoon at DH with Vogelback against the righties and rough against the lefties. And, 
you know, I mean, you, you, we, now we don't know what Ruff's going to do yet, but you really got to like these moves that the Epler made. Naquin looks like the, a terrific move. Same thing with Vogelback. And it's all about, you know, winning baseball, fitting guys in to, to be a winning team. The Mets were getting nothing out of the DH position. Dom Smith, I think his days are over with the Mets. Uh, obviously, they traded J.D. Davis uh, to uh, to San Francisco to get rough. And, you know, he was doing nothing at the DH position. And what an upgrade. You know, already, Vogelbeck has already been better than Dom Smith and, and J.D. Davis were combined at DH. And like I said, we haven't seen what you're going to get yet from Ruff. So, so far, the moves that Epler have made at the deadline, you know, everybody wanted the big splash, but these guys really, really look like they're paying off. And, and the Mets are such a deep team. I mean, and all all that the addition of Vogelbeck, Naquin, and Ruff has done is just make this team even deeper and more dangerous. And it's added power. It's added, it's added left-handed power. It's added right-handed power. And that's one thing this team needed. And so far, so good. You got really love what you've seen from these guys. But last night, what a terrific night. And how about Edwin Diaz? You know, let, let's let's call it like it is with this team right now. You easily, in my mind, and I know it's only August 5th, Buck Showalter clearly should be the manager of the year in the National League. I don't even think it's debatable. You know I mean? Who are you going to tell me that should be the National League manager of the year that, uh, ahead of Showalter? I don't think there's anybody. I think it's, it's a one-horse race with him. That's number one. Number two, when are we going to start talking about Pete Alonso being the MVP in the National League? When are we going to talk about it? I don't want to hear about Paul Goldschmidt on a Cardinal team that's in second place right now, whatever they are in their division with Milwaukee. All right. The Mets are 29 games over 500. Okay. I believe right now only the Dodgers have a better record in the National League than the Mets do. 29 games over 500. Alonzo's got 29 home runs. He leads the National League in RBIs with 91. Uh, he's batting, I don't know what. His OPS now is over 900 for everybody that gets delirious about OPS. Isn't it time that we talk about Pete Alonzo as the MVP in the National League? I don't think it's even debatable. And I'll tell you this, too. And memo to Steve Cohen, our beloved owner. We love Steve Cohen. Oh, my God. Memo to Steve. Sell a couple more paintings, okay? You know, like I said, sell that Van Gogh, all right? Sell that uh, uh, Da Vinci, you know, whatever these are. Sell that Rembrandt, okay? You know, sell that Salvatore Dali painting, okay? Go do that. Or all these big. And sign Pete Alonzo now. What are we waiting for? This guy is the best player on the team. It's not even debatable. To me, he's the MVP in the National League. And right now, he is on course to be the best everyday player the Mets have ever had. Better than Strawberry, better than David Wright, dare I say, better than Mike Piazza. That's how good Pete Alonzo is. He is from he's the real deal. Seven years. 40 million a year. Let's do it. 280 million for seven years for Pete Alonzo. Let's not waste time. Let's not let him get near free agency. Let's not let him get near arbitration. Let's do what the Braves did with Austin Riley. All right. Sign Alonzo now. I would do it now. I would not mess around whatsoever with this guy. This guy is a tremendous player. He's the most valuable player on the team. 
He's the one guy the Mets absolutely cannot lose. Maybe you could throw Edwin Diaz into that conversation as well with the kind of year he's having, and I'll get to him in a second. But pay Alonzo now. But to me, this guy's the MVP in the National League, at least right now. <laughs> Through August 5th, you know, tell me who deserves it more than he does. Maybe I'm missing something here, okay? That's number two. Number three, Edwin Diaz. Isn't it time we start talking about Edwin Diaz with the Cy Young Award in the National League? The guy's unbelievable. And last night, a two-out, a two, a, a two-inning save, a six-out save last night. Buck brings him in with that six-four lead in the eighth inning to face the sec- two, three, and four hitters in the Brave lineup, and he blo- basically blows them all away. He blows away Austin Riley to end the inning on eleven pitches. Buck brings him back for the ninth inning. Got a little shaky in the ninth inning. Give up that hit to Rosario to start the inning. You know, he run around second, tying run. Uh, and what does he do? He gets that little ch- – how about on a 3-0 pitch, gets that check swing grounded to end the game. It's time we start to – Edwin Diaz who's averaging like 18 strikeouts per nine innings right now. He struck out over 50% of the batters that he's faced. He's got 22 saves. He's been absolutely dominant. You tell me right now who's a better closer in the National League or in, in baseball, you know. I don't, you know, you want to give me Josh Hader? He just got traded by Milwaukee to San Diego. I mean, I don't understand that, but they did, right? You tell me who is better than Edwin Diaz right now. So right now, August 5th, Buck Showalter, manager of the year, Pete Alonzo, MVP, Edwin Diaz, Cy Young Award. Who says no? Tell me who says no. I mean, let's be real about it. And as I said, this team is as deep as could be. I, I love every guy in this team. The one big hole they have, the one big hole they have, let's be honest, James McCann stinks, okay? Absolutely freaking stinks. And we saw it again last night. They couldn't wait. You know, couldn't wait. He comes back off the DL. You know, can't wait to throw him in there. The biggest game of the year. Shouldn't Tomas Nito be catching last night? And I'm not saying Tomas Nito was Johnny Bench or Pudge Rodriguez or Yogi Berra, you know, I mean, come on. I mean, Carlton Fisk, no, 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 no. I'm not saying he's anything along those lines. Gary Carter, no. But he's a winning player, and he's much better than James McCann. I mean, Nito does get big hits every now and then. We've seen Nito throw guys out all over the place on the bases. How many times have we seen him do that? He leads the National League in sacrifice bunts, which I think he's got an eight or nine, which is almost mind-boggling for a catcher, he handles the pitching staff very, very well. I mean, he's better. He's better than McCann. But, of course, they're paying McCann a lot of money because they went on the cheap in a typical Wilpon, you know, uh, Wilpon family move. You know, we need a catcher, so let's sign the cheapest free agent catcher we can get. And I uh, I know McCann, I, they like pitching to him, and he does a great job, you know, this and that. He knows how to catch the pitching staff. The guy stinks he dropped the pop-up last night he struck out twice even one he came up one time and hit what would have been a room service double play ball if it wasn't for the fact that the shortstop uh for the Braves or forget forget whoever he is you know dropped drops the uh the ball as he's going to second base to make the out as he's trying to you know make the throw to first base too soon and he drops the ball before he steps on second otherwise it would have been a, an easy double play ball that McCann hit into. He stinks, McCann. He really does. And I, 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 
I would much rather see the Mets go with Nito as the you know the number one guy and Mazika number two because McCann is terrible. I mean, he really is terrible. And hopefully, you know, tonight we will see uh, Tomas Nito catching Taquan Walker as they try to make it two games in a row against the Atlanta Braves. So <clears throat> just, yeah, that's the one thing. The one guy on his team, I got confidence in everybody else. I don't love Escobar. I got to tell you, Escobar, you know, the signings they made in the offseason have all turned out to be great. Obviously, Buck, obviously Scherzer, obviously Marte, Mark Canna, all, you know, terrific. Really, all these guys they brought in so far. Naquin's been great. Vogelback's been great. No doubt about it so far. But Escobar's been very shaky. He really just hasn't been that good. He's good defensively. He has had a couple big hits for them. But, you know, I got to tell you right now, to me, Luis Guillaume is a better player than Escobar. He's better. Now, he doesn't hit for power like Escobar, but he's hitting about 290. And he and defensively, is there really a better – you heard what uh, Chris Bassett said the other day, right? He said – Bassett said that the best defense – the best glove in the National League, the best infield glove is Luis Guillaume. And he could play anywhere. He could play third. He could play short. He could play second. You saw him make a couple terrific plays again last night. He gets – He's hitting like 290. He's not, he's not going to hit for power, but he's great going to left field and getting base hits. Luis Guillaume, to me, may be the most underrated player in baseball today. He is a terrific player. He is a winning player. And just another, you know, in a group of guys that have come together to make this team a very deep team, a very dangerous team, and a very, very good team. And they've gotten the starting pitching all year. DeGrom is back. How about this, too? I got to say this as we got to I got to get into this because, you know, I'd have no love for DeGrom. OK, you know that. All right. But this is the other day. Isn't it does. Is it really a surprise that the Mets have won? What I think it's nine of their last 10 games. Now, they had that seven game winning streak, of course, was snapped in the game. DeGrom pitched. Not that it was his fault, but still. Right. So now they've won. What, nine of the last 10? And the only game they lost is the game Big Jake pitched, right? <laughs> Isn't it? <clears throat> Are you really surprised by this? And and the other night against Washington, it was typical. This was a typical DeGrom game. Goes out there, pitches five innings. I don't know why he pitched through 59 pitches. The guy hasn't pitched for over a year. He couldn't pitch the sixth inning in his game? Nah, I can't do that. We got to believe being this, this, this guy Nagosik in, and he gives the game up. He gives up a couple home runs, and... They wind up losing the game four to one, whatever it was, right? But typical Degrom game. He pitches five innings or six innings usually, whatever it is. Gives up a one run and no runs. The Mets never score. They only scored one run in the game. That was a home run by Lindor, who's been great. Let's be, you know, he's starting to live up to the contract. I'm starting to warm up to Lindor for sure, okay? Because I had my issues there too. But he's really starting to become the player that he was in Cleveland. But typical Degrom game. So he pitches five innings, gives up one run. The Mets don't score, and the bullpen blows the game. That has been the exact formula for Jacob DeGrom since, really, this has been what he's been for the last five years. This is what he's been, when he's pitched, of course, because he, you know, he's been hurt a lot, as we know, after not pitching for a year. And that's another reason, you know, I, just, I wouldn't bring him back. Let him, let him be great the rest of the year. Hopefully he's going to pitch great Sunday night against the Braves, and hopefully he can pitch more than five freaking innings in that game. But this has been the formula for Jacob DeGrom all the damn time. And that's the reason, I, another reason I wouldn't give him a dime 
going forward. Go pay Pete Alonzo. Go pay Brandon Nimmo, who they have to bring back as a free agent. Go after Aaron Judge. Why the hell not? If the Yankees would make the big mistake of not locking Judge up before the year's over, because if he gets the free agency, Judge, I think he's leaving. I got to tell you, I, the, all signs tell me he's gone. He's gone. And I get the feeling DeGrom wants out, too. You know, I really, honestly, I think DeGrom wants to leave New York. And you know what? Don't let the door hit in your rear end on the way out, as far as I'm concerned. You know, you could go crazy about DeGrom all you want. But the bottom line is that most of the time, when Jake DeGrom is pitched, as good as he's been, the Mets have wound up losing the game. And really, like I said, is it any surprise that the Mets have won 9 out of 10 and the only game they lose is the game DeGrom pitches? So, again, I know it's not his fault, of course. But there's a, there's a certain karma around Jacob DeGrom when he pitches. There's a karma going on here. I know you want to believe in karma. You don't have to believe in any of that nonsense, but I do. Hopefully, DeGrom's great the yesterday, rest of the year. Hopefully, the Mets, you know, win most of the games he pitches. We can only pray, all right? And he helps, you know, helps lead us to a world championship, and then he can leave. Then go pitch, go wherever you want. Go pitch for the Braves. Go pitch for the Yankees. Go pitch for the Dodgers. Go pitch for the Cardinals. Go pitch for the Yamori Giants. I don't care, all right? The, whatever the names of the teams are in Japan. Go pitch for them. But anyway... I am very pumped up with my Mets. And Buck Walter, how great is Buck? Oh, my God. I mean, yeah, you got it. This guy, what an upgrade. You know, I, I said he's the best manager we've had since Bobby Valentine. He may be the best manager the Mets have had since Gil Hodges. Really? I mean, we may have to go back to Gil. But that's how good Buck is. And how great would it be if Buck finally wins the World Series as manager of the Mets? Boy, what kind of ticket tape parade would that be? Uh, you know? Oh, baby. All right. I'm very excited. I'm very pumped up with my Met team today. I really am. Go stick it to the freaking Braves. Because we've all had enough of freaking Atlanta. And how great was how great was the atmosphere last night at City Field? Are you kidding me? How great was that? How pumped up were you last night watching that game? Even Joey and Clark is excited. <laughs> Even Joey and Clark. <laughs> is like, you know, he's pumped up. Now, Joey, I got to bring up a little bit about Joey because I love Joey. We all love Joey and Clark. So Joey actually had a date with a woman, okay? <laughs> yes, he did yesterday. And in typical Joey and Clark fashion, so he would not miss any of Mets Braves, what does he do? First date, takes her out to lunch. <laughs> right? So he would not miss the Met game. You know, or he wouldn't go like to, you know, not to take her out to dinner or something demanding that they have a TV so he could watch the game. So I'm very proud of Joey. We all are. I know Kenny, uh, Kenny Scarbaggio has also mentioned his pride in, in Joey. So he had a date yesterday. I heard Joey told me she's a lovely young lady. All right. And um, I think there's going to be a rematch. I think there's going to be a second date. But, uh, you know, Joey, in, in typical Joey and Clark form, taking her out for lunch so there's no conflict with the Met game. So good job, Joey. But even Joey is pumped up with, his, with the Met. Even Joey has nothing but praise for what we're seeing from our Met team right now. I am very excited. If you're a Met fan, you got to be very excited. Got to be very excited. All right. But then go with the Oda Payne podcast. Uh, let's get our sponsors in here. The Hackensack Brewing Company. You know I love that. 
How much do I love them over there? The great Mike Jones, TJ, what a job he does. Herb, Andre, my son-in-law, everybody over there. What a venue it is. Go there tonight. It's a Friday night. Go check it out. The tap room's open tonight till 10 o'clock, uh, or Monday through Friday. Uh, go check it out. Have a great time tonight at the, at, at the Hackensack Brewing Company. It really is great. We will be doing our next podcast there. We'll be coming up on uh, September the 9th, and that'll be our one-year anniversary that we've been doing the podcast. I hear there's going to be a special beer in my honor that's coming out. This is what they're telling me. Uh, we're going to be doing a podcast once a month on a football Friday as well, going through the football season at the Hackensack Brewing Company. So go check it out. Tell them Beningo sent you. It'll be great. It's going to be fun. It's 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 a tremendous venue. You know the deal. They're 10 minutes off the GW Bridge, 30 seconds off Route 4 in Hackensack's Fairmont neighborhood, right behind the tombstones, that one crazy tombstone where, where, where it says at the end, <laughs> I'm dead, now what? Right? If you got When you go there, you got to check out, I forget the name of the woman there in the tombstone. I think she's actually, I think Mike told me she really is still alive. But go check out. <laughs> Check the tombstone out, and on the bottom of the tombstone it says, "I'm dead now." What? Right? Is that that's something I can see putting on mine? Okay, I'm dead now. What? No, I maybe I'm dead. Did the Jets win the Super Bowl yet? You know, maybe that's what we'll put on the tombstone. But anyway, go check out the Hackensack Brewing Company. I mean, it's just it's phenomenal. There's nothing nothing but greatness. Four thirty open. Four thirty to ten Monday through Friday. Two to ten Saturday. Twelve to eight on Sunday. 78 Johnson Avenue in Hackensack. Peace, love, beer, tie-dye, all of that. Go check it out. Tell them Joe sent you. KZ Sports Marketing, Kenny Zor. Uh, he helps me book guests for the Older Pain uh, podcast. If you're looking to secure your favorite athlete or celebrity for any event, could be a charity function, corporate golf outing, in-store autograph appearance, give Zor a call. KZ Sports Marketing. You can call or text him directly on his cell phone, 516-996-7616. Simply visit kzsportsmarketing.com. Uh, go check out uh, Kenny Zor. And, of course, Anita Discount Tire, my son Johnny. He's on his way to Punta Canta next week. God bless him. Hope he has a great time. Stay out of the sun, Johnny. All right. <laughs> go see Johnny at Anita Discount Tire. It's in it's in Rivervale, New Jersey, Westwood Avenue. His, his boss, Ari, who does a great job. The guy's one of the nicest guys you'll ever, ever meet. Anything, anything you need done with your car. Just did the brakes on our car. Anything you need done, any tires you need, whatever you need, tell them that uh, Joe sent you, Beningo sent you, Anita Discount Tire, Rivervale, New Jersey, uh, Westwood Avenue. All right. As far, we got a couple of minutes yet. As far as the Yankees are concerned, didn't play last night. Uh, they've lost two out of three <coughs> to the Seattle Mariners. <coughs> Excuse me, everybody. As I cough up a lung. It's what happens when you don't want to get old. This is what happens when you get old. Anyway, they lost two out of three to the Seattle Mariners. How about Garrett Cole the other day? Gave up three home runs in the first inning, six runs in the first inning. And I understand, you know, that you don't want to get too crazy about that because it really is what they do in October. Well, I got you got to be a little worried about the Yankees. They have not played great baseball in the last month or so. They have not played great against the better teams in baseball. I mean, you know, they lost two to the Mets last week. They lost five out of seven in their uh, the seven games they played with Houston, and uh, the two wins were you know late come from behind walk off wins courtesy of the incomparable Aaron Judge who is running away with the MVP in the American League. Uh, 
Uh, there's no doubt about that. But I don't know if you're a little concerned about him or not. I'd be a little concerned about the rotation. And I was surprised they traded Jordan Montgomery. They traded him to the Cardinals for Harrison Bader. I wonder if Montgomery's going to pitch against the Yankees this week when they play the Cardinals. I don't know. Uh, I don't think he's pitching tonight. You won't see the game anyway because it's on Amazon, you know, unless you got the streaming. Every Yankee Friday night game is on Amazon or one of these streaming services now. So if you don't have it, you won't see it as they open up a uh, weekend series with the Cardinals in St. Louis. But uh, you might be – I'm starting to be a little worried about the Yankees. As good as they've been, they're showing you some vulnerability. There, there's no doubt about that. And they made a lot of moves. You know, they brought in Andrew Benintendi, who so far has really not hit his one for 20 so far. I really wouldn't be uh, too concerned about him, uh, you know, at this point. I mentioned Harrison Bader in the deal for Montgomery. He, he, he's he's hurt. You're not going to see him till September. But, uh, look, the Yankees are still going to win this division, win it easily. Uh, you still want to stay ahead of Houston in the uh, in the American League. I'm not sure if they're ahead of him now or not. It's very, very close. I should be paying attention to that more, but I'm not. Uh, they lost to Luis Castillo the other day, who got traded from Cincinnati to Seattle instead of going to the Yankees. So, you know, a little concern. How about Joey Gallo? They got rid of Joey Gallo. How about that? Joey Gallo got traded to the Dodgers. Uh, I don't know if he's done anything yet there, but, you know, sayonara to him. Uh, don't let the door hit you on the, him in the rear end as he left uh, Yankee Stadium. But maybe a little concerned about the Yankees right now. I would be a little worried about the rotation. I have to say that a little bit uh, with what's going on. And now Montgomery's gone. They did make that deal for Frankie Montas from Oakland. I guess he was on the bereavement list. So I don't know when he's going to finally pitch for the Yankees. I don't know if he's pitching this weekend, whenever he's going to pitch for them again, I, you know, for the first time, not again. But we'll see what they get from him. But uh, <clears throat> be a little worried about that. And I'd be a little worried about Cole, you know, especially in a big spot in the playoffs. I mean, we saw last year in that play-in game against the Red Sox how it didn't <laughs> not work out for Cole at all. So we'll see what happens going forward. But a uh, uh, big weekend series for them in uh, St. Louis against the Cardinals, a uh, rematch of the 1964 World Series won by the Cardinals in seven games, if you go back that far. I know there was other World Series with the Yankees and the Cardinals, but that's the one in my lifetime. 1964, the Cardinals won that in seven games. Bob Gibson was the MVP of the series, had a great series and all of that. But whatever. So uh, that's that's for another day. But they do open a uh, three-game series with the Cardinals coming up. All right. Before we go, just a little bit on the Jets. Uh, I heard the other day that Zach Wilson was great in practice. Everybody's excited. Oh, they're all pumped up and everything's great over at Florham Park. And this guy looks great. And that guy looks great. And that's great. And this is great. And all of that. Here's the bottom line. All right. The Jets have always done their best work when they weren't, when it wasn't during the season. Like the Jets are great from like, you know, like from like maybe February, uh, to August. The Mets are tremendous. The Jets, excuse me, a Freudian slip. The Jets are great generally from February to August. And then once they start playing real football games, they're not so great. So I love everything they've done in the offseason. Let's see what this team is. And I will continue to say this. Baltimore opening day coming up in six weeks, September 11th at, at the wonderful MetLife Stadium is a must-win game. I don't want to hear about Lamar Jackson. I don't want to hear how good the Ravens are. I don't think they're that good. I think Jackson's overrated. Go beat 
Baltimore opening day. I don't want to hear, well, we're playing Cleveland in week two and Deshaun Watson's not going to play. You know, it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be, what's his name, uh, Jacoby uh, Bissett starting that game for Cleveland. All right? I don't want to hear it. No, no. Win opening day against Baltimore. Win two of your first four games against the AFC North. Can you do that? Is that possible? You beat the Bengals last year when they won on their way to the Super Bowl. You can't beat them again. The game's at home as well. I need two and two after the first four games of the season as they get ready to play the Miami Dolphins in week five. That's what I need. That's what I want to see. And to me, that opener against the Ravens is a game they have to win. You want me to believe that this year is going to be different, that things are actually starting to change with the New York Jets? Let me see him beat the Ravens on opening day. So everything's wonderful. So far, the best thing about training camp, as I knock on wood both sides, is that nope, there's been no major injuries so far. Thank God. By this time last year, Carl Lawson was already done for the year. So that's the one thing so far. You know, everything else to me means nothing. The most important thing right now is that here we are, August 5th. We haven't played a preseason game yet, but that the Jets have not had anybody get hurt in camp yet. And that's the best part of it all. So we'll see what happens. Beat the Ravens on opening day. All right, Beningo, the Oda Payne Podcast. Everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy. I'll be back talking to you again on Monday. God bless. Let's go Mets. Let's go stick it. Let's win at least three out of five 